Hey there, welcome back to the Drunk DM's Demystified Survival Guide. I am Brendan, the Drunk DM, as usual, here once again to talk to you about dungeon mastering in our favorite way, which is over a drink. So I wanted to make this episode primarily because the world is crazy, right? And things just aren't going as planned for a whole lot of us. Uh, maybe you definitely me. There was a lot of episodes that I've really been dying to do. One that I actually recorded. I recorded our first Campaign Diaries uh, episode with good friend and player Tyler, and unfortunately my kitty jumped on my laptop in the middle of the night because it was still open, and that episode is completely gone. It just disappeared. Don't know where it went. My recording software did not save a recovered copy anywhere. Don't know what happened. It is just gone. Very unfortunate. And it was just one of the first times that I was able to get a setup where, you know, social distancing was a thing and all that good stuff. But unfortunately, it's lost. And I'm sorry for that. I've been trying to get that going once again. It's been... It's been a, a bit of a struggle to find time. I had two options, essentially. One was to just stop making episodes and wait until I could do something like uh, I had promised we would do the campaign diary series, recording the one shot, all that good jazz. And then the other option was to make more content without doing that stuff and just hope that is stuff that we can do soon. And so I took that second route by making this. Not sure how many of these I'm going to do uh, in the interim. We certainly have not been on a regular schedule, but hoping to get back into the swing of things more in a more regular fashion than uh, has been happening. So, that said, what are we doing what are we doing this episode? You might be asking. Well, this episode I'm going to just talk about some of the stuff I've been up to and just recently had a one shot that was very fun. And I'm kind of finding a groove in one-shots particularly. And maybe maybe talk about the other campaign that I run and all that good stuff. So let's do that. Let's just talk. Have a good time. Before we jump into all that stuff, I want to go ahead and pop open a beer. Because is it not a Drunk DM episode without a beer? Was that a double negative? I, I guess it was. Anyway, today I got a really interesting beer here from my recent pack that I ordered. This is a dry hopped orange goes, a sour ale with orange zest. Pretty light beer, it's only 4.1% and um, it's made by Crane Brewing. Smells delicious. I'm not I'm not huge, hugely versed in goes categories of beer. I know that they're generally supposed to be on the salty side of things, like salty but refreshing, kind of similar to like a Gatorade-ish, I guess. But we'll see. We'll see. I haven't haven't had this yet. That orange zest is really coming through on the top. It is it is cloudy but pale. Lots of lots of little bubbles. Looks very effervescent. Head is about two fingers on top and it's lingering i mean it looks very well made from what i'm looking at but uh let's let's go ahead and give give this little little beery beer a tasty taste if you will Ooh, quite good so yeah it is definitely definitely sour and you know i i do get that salt thing but it's after everything else has kind of washed washed down 
and that salt is just there to like mellow everything out because it's a really intense flavor right up front and it just kind of leaves you with like just like a little saltiness kind of like if you just sprinkled a teeny bit of raw ass salt on like the corners of your tongue um and i don't know if i'm describing it in a way that sounds appealing but it definitely is appealing at least to me it's a really interesting mouthfeel in in that it's like it comes and attacks your tongue right off the right off the top and then leaves you with kind of this like smooth salty sweet thing at the end pretty nice one more time yeah it's another one of those beers that really like makes you salivate you know like when you pucker when your mouth puckers from sour kind of that sort of deal i like i like that feeling not everybody does so you know this might be for you might not i yeah, know i'm in a good time with it it's dry hop so it has kind of like that uh, sweet gumminess to it i don't know i always get that whenever i have a uh, dry hop beer but uh, anyway, enough about all that. So I got I got a lot of stuff going on recently, just like personal projects that I've been working on. Uh, chief among them is a YouTube channel slash like, I don't know. Well, it, it is a YouTube channel, but just something small, easy to edit and all that good stuff. It's called Crossed Wires, and it's just me and Chelsea sitting around playing Crash Bandicoot right now, talking about it and then posting the footage online just kind of giving us something to do in this weird time um, and it's something that we can do from the safety of our apartment sitting on the couch with our animals and all that good jazz which is really really nice that's kind of fun if you want to go over to youtube and check it out you don't have to it's not it's not like i'm not like going to be one of those guys who's like go check out my channel because you could support me blah 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 like you know like every other podcast or YouTuber, but I, I have a lot of fun doing it. So if if that sounds like something you might like, if you're into like Game Grumps or like other playthroughs uh, with people just like goof making goofs, this will be your jam. Right now we play Crash Bandicoot. I'm getting super freaking stressed with it because man, that game is hard. We're playing the remastered one that they made for the PS4 and holy but Jesus, the amount of skill 12-year-old me must have had when I played it through the first time, like, I'm in awe of because it's really crazy how difficult that game is. But we're maybe going to be branching off from Crash because I'm getting so frustrated with it. I might need a break. And we're thinking about doing Spyro next just because Spyro is a ridiculously fun game. And also... We're, we're gonna need to buy like screen capture equipment to do this but we really want to uh get crash team racing on there because that's one of our favorite games to play together on the nintendo switch and i'm fairly good at that one so that one might be a little bit more enjoyable to watch as opposed to me just like dying repeatedly in the same spot for 10 minutes <laughs> But yeah, that's that's been a lot of fun, if, if you like that. I also play uh, solo uh, by myself. I do solo videos of Darkest Dungeon. If you played that game, it's it's ridiculously fun, especially for D&D people. It has like different classes that you can that your heroes are and it's like high stakes. You have to like manage your inventory and go through dungeon crawl crawls it's just it's just a good time highly stressful as well but i i think i, I kind of like that sort of thing uh draw the line at dark souls played through played like 15 minutes of that and promptly gave up just it's that's just not my jam but 
I don't like to be punished that much, but uh, some of those older games certainly scratch that itch for me. So yeah, that's that. Having a lot of fun playing video games in this quarantine. Also, uh, I did get to do a one-shot for some friends the other night, and it was a blast. It was so much fun. I set this one shot in modern times and it was my first modern times DD session i've ever done and let me just tell you it was a really good time and if i do another campaign after this current one i think i'm gonna do a modern times campaign for a few reasons one the characters were way easier for players to relate to it's it's one of those things where like the rules of the world in a DD campaign usually are odd and strange to new players like horses with six legs is just normal in some campaign settings you know what i mean or like or like this town is run by a mayor but this town is run by a duke or whatever it's like i don't know how much authority the guards have here you you know what i mean but if you set your story in modern times players know about police they know how scary police can be you know, so like that this didn't even come up in the game, but this is just an example. But like if a police officer stops an adventuring party on the side of the road in modern times, they're going to obey much more frequently, I would assume, than if a city guard, a bumbling city guard walks up in their armor and says, hey, stop doing that. The consequences feel a lot more real. Another awesome benefit of setting it in modern times was, and I didn't even realize this would happen, but all of the references and things that you want to make when you're playing D&D, you can make because it has happened. You know what I mean? So like my players were like, oh man, this is just like Harry Potter to each other. That was like something that was said. And it's like, that is a valid thing to say as that character. Um, it's awesome because I'm, I'm like an acting acting background person. It's awesome when you can pull on your own experiences uh, for a character. That's why it's so insane to me and not insane. Like I'm, I'm sure if I gave it enough thought, I could do it as well. But like, um, wow, that sounded cocky, didn't it? Didn't mean to be. Um, actors who play like aliens, right? Or an actor who plays a monster or an actor that plays someone from the future or something like that. It's very difficult to do that and you know i've done some of those but it's it's more difficult to do that i think than if you're playing somebody in modern times because you don't really have personal experience to draw from when you're thinking through how a character would act so it's just there's a lot of awesome additional benefits and very few drawbacks that i found from playing a modern game yeah so if you if you haven't done so yet i think it would be an awesome awesome thing to try you'll just kind of have your eyes open and mind open to new possibilities that uh, you might not have tried before in a game so how did i make it work in my game that's an interesting question so the way the way the story went essentially was these players uh, my the party had all met up with a wizard um, in upstate New York, who was kind of like a hag hunter. He was kind of hired by locals to investigate like hag presence and exterminate them essentially. And so they they went off on a mission to investigate this like psychic shop. 
rumor had it that a hag ran it and there was real magic there so they they go in the shop in very short succession they they figure out yeah there's definitely actual magic here in this shop this lady seems kind of nice oh wait her cat is spitting fireballs at us that's not very nice <laughs> and so they quickly dispatch of her they're they're a six level party i use like a like a green hag and with a modified tresem familiar and so that that was a blast that, to open up in that combat but shortly thereafter they found a magic item there which was a i i called it a puzzle box they, there might be an item like this in the in the D lore i'm not i don't really know but essentially what it was was a box that had a hole in each side of like a different shape so one side kind of looked like a a leaf could be a loot or something like that another side had like three holes in it um another side had like a crescent moon shaped uh hole in it essentially what this cube did was you would press a button on each side and when you pressed a button on a side it would whisk you away to a random locate not random but a, a different location in time and space and uh you would have to confront some sort of obstacle or or figure out some sort of puzzle and you would find an item to fit in the hole and once you got all six you you know unlocked the box and got a prize that was hidden inside it was a really it was really fun it was a way to feel like party traveled all over the place in just a one shot what was really interesting about this one and it kind of happened naturally also was each location a different member of the party kind of took the spotlight so like for example in the in the first place they went uh, the crescent moon shaped one they found themselves in a giant's home and they found a sleeping giant and one of my players figured out that this crescent shape was pretty close to the toenail of the giant so one of my players stealth and had to carve off the toenail like a toenail clipping from the giant and this is this was really funny this was tyler's character we all agreed it was one of the most intense moments of dungeons and dragons that we had ever experienced just like one of the party members like propping themselves up on the giant's leg and carving off a giant toe it was nerve-wracking tyler's character had to arvanas i think his name was he had to make a stealth check um so that the giant wouldn't wake up and then a strength check to see if they could carve off the toe and they you know inch by inch because the strength checks were pretty bad managed to get it but the last one uh he he rolled really poorly on his stealth check the giant w woke up and he ripped the rest of the toenail off and they had to get out of there really fast it was a blast but anyway the point the point i was trying to make from all that was that like that was tyler Tyler's character's uh, moment to shine in, in this one shot. Then another moment was my friend Catherine's moment, kind of. They went to the Feywild and had to get a loot from a satyr to fit into the cube. And in the process, a quickling stole the cube from them. They had to go chase after it. And Catherine bribed, she essentially deceded her way into uh trading the cube for a magical piece of chalk that she had that if you drew a circle in the ground you could teleport away and so she like traded with the quickling and they managed to get the cube back and that was a very fun one. Oh goodness this was it, it was an action-packed one shot it really was then finally 
uh, my friend Crane's character was kind of like this uh, berserker, barbarian, like brute force character, and they found a tribe of grungs. And if you're not familiar with grungs, they're like tiny frog people that live in swamps and and they were having a like a turf war with mud beings in a tree across the way or whatever and the mud beings had their champion and the grungs wanted crane's character to be their champion so it was kind of like a pit match and uh, those are the three players and they each had like this epic moment which was so cool and happened very naturally i think and it just it was a culmination of just you know an interesting idea on my part i, I don't want to brag but i, th I think it was a, a, a pretty cool premise and then just great players who knew how to share the spotlight uh, very well they they've all come like light years from our first session to to where they are now with with doing doing that and playing D, &D consciously of the others at the table uh crane's fairly new but i i, I believe uh they've had experience before but it was just it was a blast you know and it was all set in modern times so like the whole time we were cracking jokes or that like the party was cracking jokes and like referencing memes and like like looking up they were looking up like grung language on google translate and stuff like that it was it was something that was very unique to my dnd experience thus far and also something that I want to do again very badly. In fact, I think if this can this current campaign that we're running ever stops or ever comes to a close or whatever, I think I want to pick up those characters again and continue that. I know when, when we closed uh, that one shot, they all mentioned that they would love to play those characters again. And that's one thing that you will hit with running one shots is you're going to be very tempted to just want to keep the story going. You also have to remember that sometimes a perfect ending is a perfect ending, right? This, this ending was they finally got all the items in the box. The box opened up. And the wizard that had hired them opened the box and pulled out a gold scale that was partially corrupted by abyssal energy. And he said, have I ever told you the story of Praises Vigilo and the Nameless, which is from our our regular campaign and it was it was something that like linked that one shot into my world which i always do i do think it's a good thing to do if you want to try it it just you know especially if you're playing with the same characters it, it gives them like that moment of oh my gosh i know what that's from um you know it's like it's like the every end credit scene to every marvel movie you've ever seen right it's like whoa that moment um it, there's something about it that just you you can't you can't beat that feeling of like as a as a dungeon master first of all like finding clever ways to tie back in very satisfying uh, to do but also as a player a consumer of a story in in some ways also writers of a story and others but um in in this instance we're talking about them as like consumers of a story that kind of twist that kind of link to the past sort of vibe it's something that you're gonna find is very special a very special moment for you to share with your table but yeah so that was that was the one shot that was it, it, it was a blast and I, w I wanted to make this episode not primarily but largely in part to how excited i was 
at the close of that one shot and how excited I have been over the past couple days. Very proud of my players, obviously. I mean, my players are, are freaking awesome. Love those guys so much. And the fact that they continue to allow me to have an outlet to get my stories out is just all the better. And so I want to shout out to them because they did an awesome job in, in this one shot. But I also want to talk about just one shots in general. They're they're very fun. One shots originally for me were very scary because I didn't I never I never really wrapped my head around how much content is too much content. Like how much am I planning right now and like how much am I going to have to cut if if we start playing? is this even enough are they going to get to the end of this story and we've only been playing for 45 minutes or how do i make this feel like a story that my players have agency in when i'm trying to get them to an end location these are all like questions that i was kind of going through in my mind the first time i sat down to do a one shot and what i found was and I, I spoke about this in a previous episode as well if you have a beginning and an end then what happens in between doesn't really matter right so your beginning is going to be introducing your players to the kind of story and like the kind of direction that you want them to go then the end is going to be where you're steering them from that beginning point to the time you close and it's also going to have a twist ending or whatever spectacular thing you want and then everything in between i think that's what we we worry about the most but everything in between you can adjust you can subtract you can add as much as you want until the end for for this one i i actually got a little more bold than i usually would by giving a set six places that they had to go because it was a cube that you know they needed to do a task six tasks to solve this cube i was a little bold doing that and i usually don't keep myself that structured because i always find it's much more easy to say here you are what do you guys want to do i have a couple encounters in my back pocket for some likely places and they do that and then eventually i steer them back to where i want them to end about like 30 minutes before i want to leave right and you know that that works very well so I would just say have a beginning, have an end, and then obviously plan what, what you want um, in, in between. Some really fun moments and really fun plot points that, that you want to steer towards. But then just let the players have fun in the world. I mean, it's really no different than a campaign. It's just there is a, a shorter time limit to complete it. And you need to make sure, I will say this, you need to make sure that your goals are more readily attainable than your campaign goals. Your campaign goals are, are going to be months or years in your characters' lives, but you know, a one shot is gonna be the next the next day that should probably resolve itself, right? So you wanna put the goal in an attain attainable spot for them to get to. Um I guess that's all the knowledge I have on one shots to give right now. Also do one on one one shots. I don't know if if I've ever talked about that before, but those are ridiculously fun. And I did I did one with Catherine, my player, and that was wonderful. It was very interesting experience. Yeah, I think that's about it. Also, I would love some recommendations for things you want to hear me talk about, I guess. Uh, any sort of topic or character class, if you want stuff on specific classes, because I do a lot of research on classes and races and all that stuff in D&D, Unearthed Arcana, reviews or you want me to do that kind of stuff um, i'm open to whatever i kind of wanted to keep 
this channel like free form and stuff just like let you guys tell me what you want and then i'll keep doing stuff like this of course in the interim but hopefully i can find some time to get uh, some of these campaign diaries done and complete i'll have to reschedule the one that i had already done with tyler because that got lost but maybe maybe that that was good i think i want to have him and Catherine on at the same time because they're good friends and their character stories are linked pretty closely and also also Leafla's story is linked with theirs so we'll see we'll see what happens i hope you guys enjoyed this it was just kind of a talking off the dome bonus episode sort of deal wanted to put something out i had some stuff going on so figured it was a good time to share but uh yeah check out that youtube thing if you if you want crossed wires if you look up like crossed wires crash bandicoot playthrough i'm sure it'll come up like fairly near the top yeah i have a blast doing that with chels uh once again if you want to contact us just head on over to facebook and look up the drunk dm's demystified survival guide go over to your email and send me an email at drunkdmpodcast at gmail.com and then lastly of course you can always leave a comment on that uh, youtube channel i was talking about you can support me at anchor.fm slash the drunk dm because i'm broke and would love to get better mics and equipment and editing software (laughs) it would be really cool so i could put out better product uh, or also like buy some music to play like as a theme song or outro music or something i don't know could be cool but yeah that's it that's really it that's really it that's all i got i'm i didn't even get halfway through this beer because i've been so busy talking but it is very good the dry hopped orange goes sour ale not bad not bad not bad i just wish that wherever you are you're in good spirits that you're fighting stealing and drinking and if you do have a glass near you or anything for that matter you could raise it you could raise it with me i'm raising mine to you at least and uh, i'll toast to you may misfortune always follow you and never give up cheers and happy dming oh my dog's getting scared because it's thundering outside she has anxiety but my Wiz, it's okay, baby.